Welcome to our podcast series from Aged Care Steps, where we explore themes on aged care advice for financial planners to build confidence and competence to provide aged care advice. This series features conversations with experts from Aged Care Steps on how aged care advice fits into compliance and ethics in an evolving landscape. We explore topics relevant to financial planners, such as the three phases of retirement, FASIA and best interest, why aged care and choosing a business model, making money from aged care advice, starting your business, and FASIA and business efficiencies. Remember to visit the Aged Care Steps website for more information. We hope you enjoyed this episode. After two years of hearings, the Royal Commission report is out. So what can we expect? In this episode, we explore the Royal Commission into aged care quality and safety. The Commission has now concluded and the Commissioners have submitted the final report, which has identified an aged care system with many flaws, which is not producing the best outcomes for those in need. So, is it a broken system? And what does this report mean for financial planners and for their customers? I'm Paulette Trevena, and in this episode, I'm speaking with Louise Beattie, who's a Director of Aged Care Steps. Welcome, Louise. Hi, Paulette. I'm really looking forward to talking about this topic today um, and unpacking the Royal Commission a little bit further for advisors. So, Louise, there's certainly been some horror stories and a lot of negativity surfaced throughout the hearings undertaken by this Royal Commission. But overall, what was the result of the Royal Commission? Is the aged care system broken or not? I think the findings from the Royal Commission has not suggested it's a system that's broken, but definitely highlighted that it's a system that has many flaws and many failures. I think the final report was probably not as damning as the interim report, which was titled Neglect. This one was more titled around care, dignity and respect. And it was a bit more forward looking as to what needs to change overall within the system. The problems they found was that while many people have great experiences every day with aged care services, that substandard care has affected around 30% of users. And that's a figure that's too high. So it's a system that needs a shifting culture changes in the overall structure, governance, regulation, and moving us more towards what we call a person-centered system, where we think through the eyes of the, pers the older person, the person who's accessing care, what their experience is, what it feels like for them, what their needs are, what their wants are, and how they can access life with dignity throughout that later part of their life. And so the Royal Commission report has really looked at how we focus on those people interactions, focus on those responsibilities, and have shown that it's a responsibility for all of us. It's a responsibility that governments have, that aged care providers have, taxpayers, and we as a community as a whole to be working more towards that person-centred approach with how we deal with aged care. And what did the report actually say? Let me summarise over 2,000 pages, which totaled a weight of 9.8 kilos oh, of goodness. reports for you <laughs> with a, <clears throat> and 148 recommendations. Um, as I said, the final report was titled Care, Dignity and Respect. 
So it has come out with the key recommendation being that we need a whole new Aged Care Act. The flaw is that the current Act is more focused around regulation of the pricing model rather than looking at that experience of people accessing care. The new Act is looking at moving towards a universal system for people with a rights-based approach. There's different opinions between the two commissioners on how we would achieve this even. So Commissioner Pagoni looked more at an independent commission model, moving away from government and looking independent commissions to regulate set parameters and um, supervise the system. Whereas Commissioner Briggs has looked at the government leadership model and I think in some ways that's around looking at a system that is not throwing out everything we've got, but looking at how do we build on the current system and how do we improve it with the government still taking the lead role, but having a much greater responsibility and focus and accountability from the government in how they deliver the aged care services and regulation as well. One of the things that has come out of it, which I think was quite interesting, was the concept of universal entitlement to aged care. So the current system already builds in requirements that everybody should be able to access aged care at a price that's affordable to them. One of the things that I think has been really interesting within the Royal Commission report is very clearly identified, which I think is something the industry has been calling for for quite a long time, that there isn't enough money flowing into the aged care system to provide the level of care that people need and expect. So there has been this on-running debate in the industry around how to fund aged care and whose responsibility that will be. The Royal Commission report seems to focus very heavily on the requirement for that extra funding coming from the government. So it's building in this universal entitlement to aged care, which is looking at that the government responsibility to pay for a base level of aged care for everybody with equal entitlements and moving away from the means testing system that we currently have for people funding their own care needs which I think is a really interesting concept. I would have, if I was betting on expecting that, there may have been a shift towards more user pays contribution, but the report has moved towards more of a government contribution model and looking at funding that through additional taxation system or other models where people will contribute on a universal basis towards consolidated revenue that then is used to fund aged care. The other thing that was very clear throughout the report was around the ability to improve standards across the workforce and looking at making it a more professional workforce with higher levels of education, higher levels of skills and a different model of supervision as well. So Louise, how is this report different to the Tune Review that was done in 2017? So the Tune Review, which was officially called the five-year legislative review on aged care, was more specific in its scope. So it was a consultation approach 
reviewing the legislation that was implemented in 2014 to look at how effective it had been in achieving government goals and community aims. And it was really looking at how the system was working in tracking towards a more consumer-directed care model. So a model where the consumer had greater control, greater choice and greater ability to implement the care in the way that they wanted. The Tune Review focused more on the effectiveness of meeting demand and of certain controls around how well and efficient the RADs were being protected, how effective the workforce was. And it focused on a set of 38 recommendations, many of which were implemented, but still quite a number that haven't been implemented as well, which is fairly typical of any review process. The reviews always look at what would we implement if we had a perfect world and a clean slate? And then the government has to look at what's practical and effective to be able to be implementing. Interestingly, in the Tune Review, it did focus quite a bit on the funding of aged care and the means testing requirements for consumers. And the Tune Review came out suggesting that a number of people could afford to contribute more than they are actually contributing. Some of the 38 recommendations that it came out with were around increasing consumer contributions which is very different to what's come out in the Royal Commission, where it's suggesting that care costs will be funded by the government and only basic daily living costs without that means testing would be funded by the consumers. Okay, so back to the Royal Commission. Uh, what are we likely to see as the impact for clients and what do planners need to do? In the Royal Commission, as they identified, ageing affects everyone. It's just that different people need different support at different times in their life. And it found that 80% of all people will use aged care somewhere before their death. So it's quite a big statistic saying that advice and access to aged care is incredibly important. So what we'll see is I think it's highlighted we need a system that is more integrated. There is too many bits and pieces to the system there's different pathways for accessing different types of home care, for example. We will move to something that's more integrated with one assessment process that focuses on the needs of the particular person and uniform government subsidies to, for that person, regardless of where they choose to access the services. So regardless of whether they choose to access services in their own home, in the community or in a residential care environment. So it will be a more seamless approach. It also needs to be a system that is simpler to navigate. A lot of the discussion in the Royal Commission was around how people find it very difficult to understand what aged care is about, what their choices are, how to apply and how to make choices around where they'll access care. So we need a much simpler system for people. I would say though at the moment, the problem is this is just the Royal Commission. It's a report that's highlighted a range of issues. It's been handed to government and we still need to see what the government response is. So I don't think at this point there needs to be anybody changing direction or taking 
a different approach because of the Royal Commission report. Um, we don't need to be, from a consumer point of view and a financial planning point of view, I think we don't need to be hypothesising around what the new fees might look like or how much it would cost to a particular person. But I think given the fact that they've identified how many people are likely to need aged care, the fact that it is very confusing and people are concerned about it, it means that it's important for financial planners to start having conversations with clients. Then financial planners need to be business ready. They need to be starting to upskill, thinking about how they can include aged care services into their business and being ready for those conversations with clients at all ages when we see the government response, because we're not far out from getting the budget in May and seeing the full government response to the Royal Commission at the end of May. And we need to be ready then to start making changes at that point. The Royal Commission gives us a guideline to what some of the discussion will focus on and what some of the challenges are that the government is going to consider in pulling together its response. So consumers need to be keeping aware, thinking about what's important to them, making sure they listen to the discussion and understand the importance of planning ahead. And financial planners need to be proactively starting the conversation with their clients and making sure they are business ready and accredited to give that aged care advice to help their clients. And what has been the government and aged care industry response so far? So far we've seen the government has come out very quickly after the report was released and put injected an extra $452 million into the aged care sector, which was just a dealing with some of the very immediate needs. So it was just a very temporary measure and that included adding 83,000 home care packages into the market as well. Because one of the things throughout the Royal Commission as well is focus heavily on that home care and the long, long waiting lists that many people have. They've come out and promised that there will be, so the government has promised that in the May budget this year, we are going to see some support and changes and measures around aged care. So we are definitely going to see the start of the government response at that point. The Royal Commission gave the government until the end of May to come out with a full report and response on what its approach will be. So the government's committed to meeting that deadline. But the government's highlighted the five key areas that have come out of the Royal Commission that in developing that response, they'll be focusing on. So governance, looking at how boards and aged care organisations are structured and run, the home care system, the approvals process, the navigating of it, and in particular, how they can address that waiting list to get people access to care much more quickly. The third one is residential care quality and safety. The fourth one is looking at what actual services are provided through residential care, whether they're meeting consumer needs and wants and the sustainability of the providers to be able to offer those services. And that's wrapped up with the funding questions. And then the last one is around workforce, making sure we can professionalise the workforce 
adequately compensate them through correct salary structures, incentives and training opportunities as well. So we've seen a little bit about the government responding positively, taking on board the announcements, putting in place a time frame to be responding by, um, but I think to see what exactly they change, we do need to wait for the budget. There's never much point in speculating before the budget because we really don't know what the, the government results will be. The aged care industry has come out reasonably and supportive of the Royal Commission as well. I think the aged care industry have been waiting so long to get some answers and some action and they are suffering financially in, in many respects. So they are just pleased to have the final report delivered and pleased that we're going to be able to now start to make some decisions and get some progress because as the Royal Commission found, there are some severe flaws in the system and some substandard care, which is unacceptable. And I think the aged care industry are very keen to be able to address those and have a system that we're all proud of and that people want to access and feel safe and um, have dignity within. Mm. And Louise, what do you think the changes will be ultimately? <laughs> uh, let me get my crystal ball out and think <laughs> about that. Um, as I said, normally I don't speculate too much before the government budget. Um, I think it's always, I've, I've done that in the past and it's, they, it's always surprised you at the last minute. So I think though we will see the government putting more money into the sector. Now the government currently spends something like $97.8 billion on the care and support of older people. If we take into account aged care, aged pension and all the other support mechanisms they have. So the Royal Commission report, if we were to implement everything in it, there's certainly a significant government spend that would be required. And I'm not sure that there is the capacity for the government to fund all of that. So I would probably bet on seeing some changes to the consumer contributions. We will definitely see changes around some of the aged care workforce and some support for how that's going to be implemented. One of the things that the Royal Commission recommended in, in this whole question of who pays for it, that the Royal Commission has recommended a levy on taxpayers, a little bit like the Medicare levy. But I, I did hear the government the other day has ruled that out, which makes me feel that they won't be the only ones putting their hand in the pocket to fund some of the changes. So I think it will be interesting and the budget comes out on the 11th of May. That will be the time when we'll tell and then we'll see whose crystal balls were correct and whose weren't. One of the other things though I should say that I think we will also expect is some real changes to home care, to the assessment process, the approvals process, how people get access. Big challenge for the government but I would expect we'll see some measures well, thanks, Louise. Well, I guess that means you and the team will be busy on budget night. How can advisors get a further update on what the government response is? We will be busy on budget night and I think all of May is going to be particularly busy. We will run a webinar on what was in the budget and how it related to aged care and aged care advice on the 13th of May. So it gives us a little bit of time to dissect it. 
advisors can register for that. It's a free webinar, so they can go onto our website, click on the training tab, and register for that webinar. And registrations are open now for that. That's great. I'm sure your listeners will be very keen to hear your take on the reforms to aged care and how this might impact advice going forward. Um, I look forward to speaking with you next time. Thanks, Paulette. I do too.